Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Uh, well, Jim, I, I heard rumors that Cam Akers could be a Viking, and then the next thing I know, he is a Viking. Uh, it seemed like this came about pretty quickly. What can you tell us? Well, it's, what I'm hearing is that Cam Akers and Sean McVay did not get along. Mm. Uh, some people even say it was really kind of a, almost a personal thing. Um, Akers was very productive at the end of last year. He was on the Super Bowl team. He contributed to the Super Bowl team. He was not playing particularly well this year. And uh, Kyron Robinson, I think his name is, uh, kind of took over the lead back. And the Vikings need running back depth. What we don't really know yet is whether they brought in Cam Akers because he's a former second-round pick who has a lot of talent and he could be their lead back or whether they just got him because he was incre- almost free, you get a talented running back to add to a running back room that has absolutely no depth. Madison uh, has not, is not off to a good start. I don't think it's all his fault, but he's not off to a good start. Uh, Chandler is a, just a backup running back. Uh, McBride was a bust. Wongwu is not really a running back. He's more of a return guy they were hoping would become a running back. There are enough, enough running backs. So, so even if this is just, let's get a talented guy and add him to the running back room because you need depth in this league, it's a great move. If he ends up being a really good player for him, this is an absolute steal. Are they acquiring a headache? I mean, is he a pro? I mean, they, they, they had him stay away from the team in their most recent game. That seems yep. kind of drastic. Yep. Uh, he might be a problem, but, you know, O'Connell and West Phillips both worked with him, both won a title with him. Let, let's be honest. You know, there are a million problems in every NFL locker room. We only hear about 1% of them. Yeah. So if you were going to try to put together an NFL roster without having any headaches, you would not be in the NFL. Uh, he, it's, let's put it this way. You would not want to invest a high draft pick on somebody who might be a problem. Hmm. For what they give up, which is basically an exchange of late-round draft picks, yeah. I mean, they can cut them tomorrow, and it's really not that big a loss. It, it sounds like the Rams would give him to the Vikings, except probably the NFL won't let him do that. So, well, right. I mean, they've swapped, like, 15 spots. Who knows? Uh, in yeah. the draft in 26. So, yeah, it really was, here, take Cam Akers off our hands. Uh, so far, it's been the line that's been the biggest issue, it seems to yes. me, though, with the uh, with the running game. Is Reisner going to help that? Uh, he should. And, and honestly, uh, you know, Cleveland's a good run blocker, not a very good pass blocker. Ingram's a disaster, mm. and Bradbury has a bad back and might not play again this week. So mm. even I'll say the same thing about Reiser as I said about Akers, only he costs more yeah. because he's four million dollars. Um, even if he only, even if he's just a guy you can spot along the line as depth, he's desperately needed. I think he's better than that. Uh, you know, I read up on him some yesterday. Mm-hmm. Basically, he was a high draft pick who played well for the Broncos, but wasn't maybe as good as they had hoped and they didn't want to invest a second contract in him. He is a good player, so he felt like he was undervalued. He wanted to get a big deal for free agency. It didn't work out for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is an above-average NFL offensive lineman, and the three interior linemen for the Vikings are all below-average NFL offensive linemen. So mm-hmm. he's automatically an upgrade. They wouldn't tell us yesterday how they're going to use him. Uh. My guess is that he will eventually replace Ingram, but with so much flux in the line, who knows how they'll use him this week, if, if he plays. Right. Uh, you know, it used to be, it didn't seem like they had these utility offensive linemen that would move around along the line and help out. That's become kind of a necessity, uh, it, it seems. But playing center, that's a whole other breed of cat. Has he done any of that? Oh, I don't think he'll play in the center. Ah. I, think he'll, he'll, I think he'll back up. I think at least he'll back up both guards and be an emergency tackle this okay. week. 
Um, I don't think he's going to come in at center. Schlotman, they say, has done the job. Now, we're grading on a curve here. Yeah. But, you know, for a backup offensive lineman to come into a difficult situation, play in a close game in week one, or, or you know, play, I mean, play at Philadelphia against a great defensive front, that's a tough assignment. You know, he wasn't the reason they lost the game. Uh, so I think they're comfortable with Schlotman as being their backup center. I think they see Reiser as a starting guard. The question is, how and when does he actually crack the lineup? So you think Bradbury won't play again this week? How about Darisau? I think Darisau is trending toward playing. Uh, now he's trending toward playing last week, and he couldn't get through the, the pregame workout. So we're always we're all just always just guessing on injuries. Yeah. Uh, they did not sound optimistic about Bradbury's back yesterday. Uh, Marcus Davenport not practicing it again yesterday. Will yep. he be a, a player? I don't know. Yeah, I'm worried about him, and I'm worried about the fact that he had a history of injuries, and they just kind of, you know, guessed that he'd be better here. He isn't, and he hasn't played for him yet. Uh, that could be a really, it could end up being a really bad signing. Yeah, in the NFL, do injury histories is that something? I mean, it, it seems as though they ignored it with Davenport at their risk, knowing it was a risk uh, to do that, but. Do players like Paul Molitor in baseball where he was injured the first five years of his career and then he was healthy after that, does that happen in the NFL, or are they always the injured guys? It doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. And it really depends on the injury, depends on how dedicated the guys to rehab, depends on what position he plays. There are a million different factors, and everybody's body is a little different. That's why it's such a mystery. Yeah. Uh, but baseball is much more, players much more likely to get past because, you know, you can – Choose not to run into the wall as hard. You can choose not to steal bases as often. You can you can change your your off season training. You can change your body weight composition. Baseball, you know, Paul Molitor figured it out. You yeah. know, and we're everybody's hoping Byron Buxton will figure it out. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and and there's time in the off season to kind of re re completely remake your body. The NFL, you know, God, you got an injury and the other team knows you have it. You're going to get hit on it at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, the Lynx, a tough night for them. Uh, they lose 90-75. It, it would have been quite a story had they pulled an upset uh, against Connecticut to knock them off in the first round of the playoffs. I, it feels like it was a successful season despite going down in the first round of the playoffs. It was a successful season in the context of what of the roster. Um, mm. They're just not very good. Yeah, They have one great player. They have one draftee they hope will become a good player in Diamond Miller. She wasn't good enough this year. Uh, they have one player who's really a complimentary player who they need to be, you know, kind of the number two, which is Kayla McBride. And some nights she is a number two, and some nights she's number five. Mm. Uh, and then they have everybody else on the roster is a role player. Maybe Dorka develops into a starting WNBA center, but she's she's not there yet. They just need an over. They need a lot more talent. Mm. Um, how do they get it? I don't know. It's not a great free agency class. They struck out in free agency last year. They will have some money to spend, but I don't know who they can get. Um, I don't know if they really have any trade asset, trade assets. So they might just have to hope they get lucky in the draft. I mean, you know, you never know. Diamond Miller's a number two pick, and she was a, you know, she was okay. Yeah. Uh, Nafisa Collier was a number six pick, and she's a, now she's a superstar. So you just, you know, you hate to wait on the draft and hope on the draft, but I don't know if they have that many options. It it took a couple of years though for Collier to I don't know realize that she was that good a player uh, amongst the best in the world in the WNBA uh, for her to kind of take off. Is it possible that that could happen with Miller? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I, Miller has all kinds of ability. Mm-hmm. She plays really hard. She has competitive fire. Uh, I'm told she's very coachable. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes her a lot. Absolutely, I could see a huge jump for her in, mm-hmm. in a year or two, yeah. and and that would solve a lot of problems if she becomes your second best player and a nice compliment to Collier, 
and she can do all the things, and she does more of the things she does well, which is push pace, finish at the rim. Uh, she needs to improve her three-point shooting. She probably needs a different – she needs to find some kind of a mid-range shot that when people try to wall her off from the rim, she can just get an easy bucket. But there's talent there. There's real talent there. There's athletic ability. There's length. Uh, there's passion for the game. She absolutely could be a really good player, but mm-hmm. they really need her to be. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, let's talk twins a little bit here. Uh, Willie Castro, uh, you know, I realize his OPS is still around 700 or so uh, right in there, but, boy, that was a nice signing. He's so versatile, lots of speed, and delivers a little pop once in a while. It reminds you how bad they were last year and how injured they were that we all got a little excited about Nick Gordon just ah. because he was out there playing baseball, you yeah. know, <laughs> and, make, right. and making some, some savvy plays. And now you look back at the numbers, and he was not a good hitter. Uh, he was versatile, and he, he, you know, and he's a really fun guy to be around. Mm-hmm. But Willie Castro is such a major upgrade. Um, he's a great base dealer. He has exceptional speed. He's a much better athlete than I thought he was. Mm-hmm. He robs home runs in the outfield. He makes plays in the infield. Uh, he plays situationally. He's a very smart player. Uh, he's he's a steal. And and listen, you know, the thing is, yeah, his, his OPS isn't that high. Well, if he did all the things he does now, and he had a high OPS. Well, then you couldn't have signed him. You That's right. Signed him to a five-year deal for two, you know, for two hundred million dollars. <laughs> right. right. Uh, you know, utility players are by definition not great offensive players. Otherwise, they'd have a position. Uh, for a utility player, he's a phenomenal offensive player. Yeah, that's for sure. He's really been a spark plug and seems to give the Twins a real boost. And, and now the stolen bases become, I mean, uh, nobody messes with the stats of the game historically more than the commissioner's office. Uh, yep. You know, they change things. They don't they, they don't watch guys that are on steroids. They let them hit home runs back in that era. And now they change the base and make it larger. And suddenly stolen bases are, are a thing again, which is fun. I think people like to see the speed back. Back in the game, and I love the fact that you have the true games. I mean, it used to be the old school gamesmanship was the guy on the mound would just hold the ball and stand still and lob over once in a while and maybe try a real pickoff move once in a while and just try to wear. I mean, they used to, pitchers used to try to wear Ricky Henderson out to make him dive mm-hmm. back into the base. That mm-hmm. wasn't any fun to watch. No, no. Now there's strategy. Now you can only throw over there a couple of times, and then the guy, the the runner has the advantage. I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun to watch, and and no more so than uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. over there with the Braves putting up ridiculous video game type of numbers. What a player. What a player. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5, Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.